Welcome to the Knowledge Matters Podcast, where we interview leading financial experts and discuss how we increase black wealth through knowledge. Today, we welcome Mr. James H. Sills III, President and CEO of MNF Bank, based in Durham, North Carolina. Mr. Sills has over 30 years of banking and technology management experience. His background includes a unique combination of executive experience with large-scale banking operations, community banks, and government organizations. Mr. Sills has served as president and CEO of MNF Bank and MNF Bank Corp. since 2014. You can find more information about Mr. Sills on the bank's website located at www.mfbonline.com. So how are you doing today, Mr. Sills? I'm doing well, Michael. How are you? Life is good. You know, we are living in a time right now that things are bad, but right now things are good, it seems, for the uh, black banks. Uh, that's a true statement. It's a great time to be a uh, minority banker. Yes, Jim, I, I definitely concur, and uh, I'm, I'm glad we have this time to talk. So let's get started. I just have a few questions for you. Okay, here's my first question. When given an opportunity to conduct business in one's Black-owned community bank versus a large, well-known commercial bank, what should a consumer consider in their decision-making? Michael, thank you for that question. You know, the first thing that a consumer should consider uh, is, does that bank that they're considering offer the products and services that they need? Banks do a lot of different things. Some banks are commercial only banks. Some banks are consumer oriented. Some banks are a combination of consumer, credit card and commercial. And so your first thing you wanna do is just, you know, is this the right bank for me? Secondarily, does it have um, bank representatives that look like you, that are gonna be mm. attentive to your, you know, your needs and provide you with the right uh, advice and counsel for your specific situation. Got you. Got you. So you basically you have to use some common sense as well <laughs> as you're going through that process. Yes. You have to do some research mm -hmm. and you want to make sure that that bank is going to be responsive to your needs, that you'll be able to grow with that financial institution as you're going through your financial, you know, life, life's journey. And so you want to have a, a good relationship with that bank uh, throughout, you know, your financial journey. Great. Great. Thanks, Jim. This next question is a two part question. Black owned banks face same racial stigma that other black owned businesses face for some consumers. There are false narratives that Black-owned translates into inferior service. How can Black-owned banks overcome that perception? And can consumers play a role in changing that perception? Yeah, that's an excellent question. I'm going to take the second question first. Can consumers play a part in changing this perception? And my, my answer would be yes. Categorically, yes. And here, here's why I'm saying this. Um, a lot of times when we receive inferior service for whatever 
type of minority business that we patronize, we never tell the business owner, the management of that company that they received inferior service. So what we do is we go out and we tell others that we received inferior service, and but they never give that feedback to the owner. And I really would hope that you, if you run into inferior service at a black owned bank or a black owned business, that you provide that feedback because that's the only way that that business is going to improve their customer experience for their customers. And so that plays a big part of it. Um, how can banks overcome that perception? I think it's real important for all companies, including banks, to survey their customers when they initially open up the accounts for them, survey them after they've recently closed the loan, loan transaction for that consumer, and just constantly monitor your, your uh, survey results and feedback from your customers. And that's how they can overcome that perception because now that consumer knows they really care about how they're delivering service to me as I go through, you know, patronizing their business and interacting with their staff or leveraging their, their various products and services. That's good, Jim. You know, I, I will admit, I've been guilty of not giving feedback after getting bad service. I'll come home and I'll say to my wife, hey, went to this place, the service was terrible, but I never take the time to reach out to them. So that, that's, a, that's really good. Yeah. Okay. Good. So let's go to the next question. Black-owned banks are perceived to charge higher rates. It's a tangible reason why some consumers pass on Black-owned banks. Is this a perception or is this reality? Yeah, this is actually uh, a perception. Generally speaking, Black-owned banks' service charges and interest rates are a little lower than the, the five largest mm -hmm. financial institutions in this country. And the wow. reason for that is that, um, you know, without using any of the big boys' names, it, it's hard to get that consumer to bank with you if you're, if you're charging the same price for the same thing like NSFs or monthly service charges as a bigger bank. So generally speaking, um, community bank service charges are a little lower than the big banks, but they are higher than your typical credit union. Mm, okay. But a credit union, do they offer the same suite of services that commercial banks offer for businesses and consumers? Yeah, that's, a, that's a true statement. However, credit unions do not pay any taxes. And so for any bank in this country, the tax rate right now is about 30%. So credit union on a dollar, the bank would make uh, 70 cents and a credit union would make the full, full dollar because they don't pay any taxes. I so that's why they're that. able to um, uh, have lower fees and service charges than the typical community bank or large-scale major financial institution. I never knew that they were tax excluded. Yeah, they're, they're, they do not pay any a lot of people. 
And that's why they can mm -hmm. also pay higher interest rates on their deposit accounts because they do not pay any taxes. Got you. So next question, uh, the media narrative of black owned banks usually begins with a discussion of struggles of these banks. You know, they're, the, the banks are always struggling they're, or they're failing. What exactly are the struggle, struggles of black owned banks? It's, it's a number of factors. Um, one would be they don't have access to, to the capital markets like the large banks. And so typically the black owned banks have struggled to um, inject capital into their institutions. Number two, uh, some of their business models um, are not as um, well thought out and implemented as they should be. Number three, a lot of our potential customers bank with credit unions and large scale banks. And so they're not patronizing African-American banks like ours. And, you know, if you've been in business for a while, you need new customers every day to sustain your business. And so if you're, if a good portion of your target customer is banking at the large bank down the street and they're not, they're just driving by your location, you're going to struggle because it takes new customers to build revenue, to provide loans to that customer. Because that's how banks make money is off the interest income. So those are just some of the struggles. And then not having access to capital, banks are not able to market uh, their products and services. They're not able to invest as much in uh, technology. And they're not able to um, provide the same level of service um, with uh, with their customer because they just don't have all the, the you know the bells and whistles and income that you know some of the larger larger banks have makes sense it, it makes sense so for the motivated customer that, it, that that is eager to do business with a black owned bank can you explain the type of accounts specifically that they should open it would be more impactful for the black owned bank's ledger yeah, as I just stated, for any bank, um, they're all looking to make a profit because they're a profit-making entity, but banks make money off of loans, off of mortgage loans, car loans, home equity loans, consumer loans, SBA loans, commercial real estate loans, multifamily loans. And that would have the most impact on a bank's uh, income statement. Uh, most people do open up an account with the bank, you know, deposit account, checking savings, money market account. But a lot of our people in our community, they may have a small little account with a minority bank, but they do all their primary banking with a large bank and they do all of their loans with the large bank. And so it really doesn't help the small minority bank because if they only have a $200 account with, um, with the minority bank, it's hard to lend out $200 uh, right. out of the street. But I would say to answer your, your question specifically, most minority depository institutions need loans and they need uh, people of all races to support their institution 
in the form of applying for loans and letting them service uh, those loans for them and pr provide that uh, interest income to their to their bank to grow their to grow their bank and grow their bottom lines. Got you. Got you. Thank you. Black owned banks. This is another question. Black owned banks are often referred to as community banks. What is the what is the definition of a community bank? The, the pure definition of a community bank is that the decisions are made locally, the institution is, is uh, locally owned, um, they're connected to the community in terms of um, sponsoring different events, uh, participating in community um, uh, education seminars, you know, just really being a partner in the community, donating mm -hmm. to various nonprofits in the community. And then you add on top of that the uh, total asset definition, and that continues to increase. And so when I got into community banking, um, the, mm -hmm. the total assets for a community bank were generally $300 million or less. Today, it's about uh, $3 billion or less is your definition of a community bank. Gotcha. So it, my next question is, so why isn't Bank of America or companies like the TD Bank, and they have branches in the Black community, why are they not considered community banks? Again, because the owners, the shareholders are not from that community. The management team is not from that community. When you're applying for a loan, the decisions are not made from that community. So even though they have locations in urban communities, all of what I just said is done somewhere else. And that's why they're not community banks. Yes, they have dollars in those communities, but it's a combination of deposits, loans, management, sponsorships, donations, givebacks, you know, to the community that makes it a community bank. Gotcha. Gotcha. And uh, this is my final question, Jim. What are some of the strategies that consumers for building relationships with their black owned community bank? What, what can they do to have a more, robust relationship with those uh, bankers? Yeah, that's, that's a great question. Um, it's, it's very important that whoever, if it's a consumer or a small business person, they have a relationship with a bank at a banker and not just be a number. And a lot of times what happens is, um, we struggle as a community to build that relationship with that banker. We'll run into the bank and we say, hey, I gotta have this right now. I'm about to lose my home or I'm about to lose my car or I, I need to buy this house and I only got three weeks to close it. Um, and a lot of times you're gonna get a negative reaction and you're not gonna probably be able to do the transaction that you really need to do. And so you really wanna build up that relationship with time. And so when you've done a transaction in terms of opening up a bank account with a banker, you wanna go back and ask to set up an appointment with that banker, say three months later, 
and say, hey, I'm looking at doing X, Y, and Z in the future. How can this bank help me accomplish purchasing a home, purchasing a car, obtaining a business loan? What do I need to bring or what do I need to do to obtain that loan, that request? And I really want to work with you and I want you to understand my situation. And so when a banker has a little bit more time, it's amazing how they can kind of figure it out and work with that consumer because they trust that consumer. They have a relationship with that consumer. And a lot of times in our community, we just do not have those kinds of relationships with bankers or banks. And a more specific example is with the PPP program that was recently uh, implemented in the spring of 2020. Uh, a lot of African-American and minority firms did not receive the PPP funding because they did not have a relationship with a banker who could actually help them or walk them through the process. And so a lot of people in our community did not receive that funding versus, you know, the customer, the consumers, the business owners in our bank, you know, a statistic that we like to tout is that 75% of our PPP funding went to minority firms because we had a relationship with those firms. That's good stuff. That's good stuff. And I just have a follow-up to that. How does having good credit reflect the, the relationship? You know, credit is key, especially in a recession that you have to have a, a very good or excellent credit score. And you know, again, having a relationship with the banker and having him, you know, to apply for a loan, let's say you're rejected. You should go back to that same banker and say, I really want to improve my credit score by 50 points. Is there financial education or literacy information that you can provide me that would help me um, increase my credit score? Can you review my credit bureau report to tell me what's um, dragging my credit score down. And most bankers are willing to do that uh, to just show you these are some things that you may want to consider. You may not want to have this particular credit card maxed out uh, on your credit line. So that's dragging your score down. You've paid your car loan late twice in the last six months. So you really need to go 12 months without paying your car loan late. And so by having that, kind of candid conversation and being willing to receive that feedback so you can improve will make it um, a better relationship and because a lot of it is driven on credit worthiness. Great. Thank you so much, Jim. Well, that's my final question. And I would say this is right on par with the name of our podcast, Knowledge Matters because you've given out some good information and I'm sure that our listeners will appreciate your information for our listeners in North Carolina, in your region, what would you like to say to them as the uh, president of MNF bank? Yeah. Thank you again for having me on your, your podcast this evening. Um, our bank was founded on the principle of providing access to capital to everyone in our community to help reduce the wealth gap. And so if you're looking for a financial institution, 
um, that recycles uh, about 80% of its deposits back into the communities that we serve in the form of loans, we're, we're your institution and we're looking for you also. Thank you, Jim. And good luck and uh, continued success with, with your institution. All right, thanks, thank you.